Char Chat is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello, everybody. It's April 2nd, 2018. I'm Caitlin Flay. And I'm Tanner Green. And you're listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the U.S. and U.K. charts. Tanner, how are you? It's too hot. <laughs> I hate it. Yesterday was 80 degrees. Ugh, it was disgusting. Amazing. It's horrible and I hate it. We're very different, Tanner very, and I. As, if you haven't <laughs> figured that out by now. <laughs> Um, I have an announcement to make. Tanner and Uh-oh. I have been invited onto UVA today, and we're doing an interview for them about Chart Chat, which is really exciting. Hooray! They picked us out of a Tej lineup of some really excellent podcasts. Um, we're very proud of our community here, and uh, yeah, flattered to be to be asked. Super flattered, and that's forthcoming. So we'll let you know when that yeah. uh, hits the press. All right. We have a lot of entries this week on the UK side, a total of 13. So I'm going to get us started with those. At number 100, we have Shaka featuring Aluna George with Man Down. At 88, we have Rich the Kid, Plug Walk. That appeared, I think, a few weeks ago on the Yeah, we US talked about side. that. That was when Peter was in and he was talking about the preset that yes. they used for the uh, sort of main synth line. And the kid toys, the trains. Yes, that, yes. Okay, cool got song, it. cool song. Yes, number 87 one we talked about last week, Taylor Swift's Delicate. At number 81, we have the Chainsmokers, Everybody Hates Me. These are all throwbacks by now. Um, at number 70, we have Banks and Ranks, Ella Air, and Young Bane with Answer Phone. At number 69, we have Kygo featuring Miguel with Remind Me to Forget. At number 65, we have Louisa featuring Two Chains with Yes. At number 53, we have XXX Tentacion's the remedy for a broken heart. Why am I so in love? It's a parenthetical. My best parenthetical voice. A very long one. <laughs> At number 51, we have Charlie Puth featuring Kehlani with Done For Me. At 47, Youngin featuring Jess Glynn with Mind On It. At number 45, we have Young Bane again with his song Vroom. At number 31, we have XXX Tentacion again with Moonlight. And finally, at number 16, Lil Dicky featuring Chris Brown with Freaky Friday. <laughs> you sure do. We're foreshadowing there. <laughs> A little bit. Caitlin's very excited. Uh, here in the U.S., um, if you didn't already notice from the U.K., XXX Tentacion does have a new album out, and that is why there are so many of his songs here in the u.s debuts uh but we've got a couple other ones mixed in there uh debuting at number 100 there's the chain smokers with everybody hates me debuting at number 95 is xxx tentacion with going down foster the people debut at number 86 with sit next to me debuting at number 84 there's luke combs with his song one number away debuting at number 83 there's xxx tentacion featuring joey bad a can't say the whole word on this podcast <laughs> we're family friendly here uh with their song infinity parentheses 888 for some reason debuting at number 82 there's once again xxx tentacion with numb debuting at number 72 there's sean mendez with in my blood 
Debuting at number 67, there's once again The Remedy for a Broken Heart, parentheses, Why Am I So in Love, by XXX Tentacion. Debuting at number 49, there's Lynn manuel Miranda and Ben Platt with their song Found slash Tonight. Debuting at number 35, there's XXX Tentacion with his song Moonlight and, much to Caitlin's delight, at number 9, there's Lil Dicky featuring Chris Brown with their song Freaky Friday. <sighs> so, what are you bringing to the table? What do you got? I have a lot on the table this week. Okay. I'm so excited to share with you a couple critical and comparative studies of UK entries. That was a joke about our program's name. <laughs> Generously calling that a joke, but <laughs> I'll let it slide. Thanks. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about Answer Phone first. This is Banks and Ranks. Ella Eyre, Young Bane. Let's talk about those three for a brief moment. Banks and Ranks are an electro-Caribbean production duo from Montreal, Canada, interestingly enough. They formed around 2014. They produce, they remix, and sometimes they write, I think, uh, less occasionally. Their biggest claim to fame so far has been producing and co-writing Nicky Jam's, I'm going to say Phoenix, but it's probably... Not that. Um, we've talked about Nicky Jam before, and that was nominated last year for the Latin Grammy Awards Album of the Year, which is a pretty big deal for them. Moving on to Ella Eyre, she's best known for her collaborations with Rudimental, another UK DJ, and they had a number one single from 2013 called Waiting All Night. That single also won the 2014 Brit Award for Best Single of the Year. So pretty big deal. Uh, she hasn't made, I guess, any splashes since. So four, five years ago. And finally, we have a little feature here from East London's own up-and-comer, Young Bane. I was doing some research on him. We have the same birthday, Tanner. I'm so happy. No one has my birthday. <laughs> I mean, I've got Nina Simone, so... Uh, oh, that's nice. You got to catch up. I know. I have to... I'm building my, my birthday buddy yeah. portfolio over here. So he got famous last year for remixing Ed Sheeran's hit Shape of You. And that's in the playlist because it's really lit and I like that song a lot. Also, you can check out Vroom. So that's also in our playlist this week because it charted. Without further ado, here is Answer Phone. I've been talking to your answer phone now. now. Something tell me you don't want to know, no, no. When I go, you, you don't answer phone, no, no. You don't let me, you should let me know, no, no. Yeah, bunks on rocks. I got a feeling. I'm overthinking about thinking you're thinking I'm leaving. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're real talking. I need some honesty, honesty, you better speak up. What I want to focus on here is guitar effects, rhythm, and key signature. Everyone, I'm being a musicologist right now. So, this guitar effect 
at the beginning when it's just uh, Ella Air uses a low pass filter with a little bit of reverb. We have this ascending arpeggio like note progression and it's mostly made up of eighth notes and it's in the key of C sharp minor. This is going to be very important for the connections that I'm making. You may have had a throwback while listening to that like I did while I was working very late in the library and my brain oh my gosh my brain worked so slowly to figure this out and I played it for my co-workers and I was like guys what does this sound like it sounds like this As soon as you played that, like a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So what you just heard there was, am I wrong? So that was a UK number one, US number four from 2014, 2013. I apologize. Nico and Vins. So the guitar effects there, similarly underwatery sounding, I think. A little bit different technique to produce it. So it was a small slapback delay pedal and a little bit of reverb. So both have reverb, but slightly different technique there. But that was why that light bulb goes off of, oh my gosh, this sounds so similar. Yeah. In addition to the fact that they're also the this eighth note grouping ascending arpeggio thing. And same thing on answer phone. Now, finally, I would like to make another comparison, another song, briefly. We'll see if this one throws off any light bulbs too. Following, 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 following. <laughs> yep. yep. I love it. I love it. So there you heard no effects, just straight guitar. So... What makes Answer Phone a little bit more unique, I think, than our other two comparisons here, Am I Wrong and Maps, those Maps, Maroon 5, is the fact that Answer Phone uses more of a dotted rhythm. So we have mm. a dotted quarter, eighth note, dotted eighth note kind of rhythm going on. And it makes a, a little bit, it feels a little bit more, f I want to say funky or funkier than Am I Wrong, which is literally just straight eighth notes, map straight right. eighth notes. And something that I found crazy cool in my little transcriptions of these that I did this week was that they're in such similar keys. So maps and answer phone are both in C sharp minor and am I wrong is in C minor. So they just sound so strikingly similar. Yep. When I played them back to back for a couple of our colleagues, uh, they were just laughing. <laughs> and just they had that mantra of like all pop music is the same. And sure. it's like, no, it's not. But this is kind of true <laughs> in this case. And will continue to be true later on. Exactly. So my main point there was to show how, I guess, this chain of events can kind of start rolling. When you listen to a new song that comes out on the charts, sometimes I'm like, oh, it sounds like this and this and this and this. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just a new thing where you're like, oh, I can appreciate it for this. But I just kept making connections and I wanted to share that with everybody this week. And that can be half the fun, you know, and, and producers and musicians knowingly tap into that. That's part of the, the game of pop. Totally. So for something completely different, I'm going to play you a clip of 
the newest output, Chris uh. Brown and Lil Dicky. Here's Freaky Friday. I woke up and I'm Lil Dicky. Lil Dicky. <sighs> what the heck? Man, this is real weak. How's staying perched up on his like that? Walking down the street and ain't nobody know my name. Whoa. Ain't no paparazzi flashing pictures. This is great. Whoa. Ain't nobody judging because I'm black or my controversial past. I'm going to go and see a movie and relax. Hey, I'm a blood, but I can finally wear blue. Cool. Why's his mama calling all the time? Leave me the heck alone. Damn. Wait, if I'm in Diggy Body, Breezy is who? Hold my daughter's in school. Wait, if I was Chris Brown, where would I be? What would I do? I woke up in Chris Brown's body. So how this shit turned into Freaky Friday. But we got no choice but to turn this sideways. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. You're going to have to pull me through this one. Okay, just first off, wow. We haven't heard from Lil Dicky in about three years, and now he's back. Remind us who he is for those of us that might not know. Lil Dicky is a rapper. He was born in Philadelphia and I think now lives in L.A., He's known for creating kind of funny parodies, uh, very self-deprecating, and I'll share a couple little insights with you about that from a recent interview he did with Billboard. Uh, But he's back, better than ever, in fact, according to the position of this song on the charts. Again, he's at 16 in the UK, 9 in the US. He's broken the top 10 for the first time ever. He previously charted and peaked at 71 with the song Save That Money that features Fetty Wap and Rich Homie Kwan. And the idea behind that video and song was that rap videos are so ostentatious and almost unironically, right? Like they have people, girls surrounding them, like money everywhere, you know, guns and whatever. It's a very kind of fantasy-like thing for a lot of normal people, I would say. And Lil Dicky completely went against that and invited rappers to be in a music video. And he's like, I can't pay you. We're doing this with no budget, right? And a lot of people did it. He got Fetty Wap, he got Rich Homie Kwan, and it's hilarious. They have these verses about like, I don't know, yelling at waiters because they think they double charged them, but they really didn't and things like that. I put that one in our playlist too. It's worth a listen. So sort of making celebrities relatable, it sounds like. Yes. And that sort of, okay. And taking away this kind of, like I said, the ostentatious, like really expensive rap videos Mm. that yes, are great and are just super high budget it's almost ridiculous the budgets for some of these like very short three and a half minute videos that we see so that's definitely worth a watch and a listen hilarious Lil Dicky's music is just kind of quirky and I would now like to just share with you a couple quotes from this interview that I mentioned earlier so asking him about I guess the new success he said he feels utter and sheer happiness it's a dream come true i've always hoped i could do it but until you see it officially happening you deep down wonder if it will in fact ever happen especially with my music because so much of it is comedic in nature you just never know how far it can go it's very validating to see a song be mainstream while being so quirky and weird so he's very self-aware that his music is this type of way 
and I actually saw him live and it was very like it's a little awkward he never actually finished a full song so he would kind of cut real randomly and go to another one of his hits and that may have been because it was at a festival and he had a very short amount of time to perform but just a lot of jokes about himself about the crowd and I guess it's a scene and I wasn't aware of it before someone was like oh let's go see Lil Dicky and I was like that sounds weird and it was but in a kind of enjoyable way so the weirdest part of the song is probably the outro. We're not going to play it for you. You can go listen to the song in our playlist. But it features Ed Sheeran, DJ Khaled, and Kendall Jenner. And that's how the song ends. So if that piqued your interest, nope. definitely give it a listen. Can't say it did. Uh, I just want to share one last quote about Lil Dicky's humor to see if I can get Tanner on board, which is definitely a fruitless venture at this point, but I'll try anyway. Go for it. So the interviewer asked him, are you truly as self-deprecating as you seem in Freaky Friday? Uh, Because this will be, for most listeners, their first kind of experience of Lil Dicky. So he responded, yeah, I am. I'm pretty self-aware and I'm an embarrassingly flawed human being in a ton of ways. Like, I haven't even tried a cherry before because I'm such a picky eater, and I behave like a nine-year-old. I literally just had my first grape this year. It was fine, but I don't think I'll revisit the grape anytime soon. (laughs) This is the most I have felt a kinship with him. Yes. Uh, The grape thing. I knew I had to share that because there was a little light bulb that went off, and he nodded his head slightly. We're good. I think in many ways, if I could be critical... Uh, The song might be a little less successful if there wasn't an accompanying music video. The music video is about five, six minutes long and kind of gives a little bit of context with the film Freaky Friday. And it's funny. It's I had listened to the song on March 15th when it was released and loved it immediately. It's a jam. Like I listen to it every day and have since then and still laugh about some things or hear new things. So it's kind of a song like that. But once I saw the music video, I was like, ah, you know, now I have this to compare it to and it makes more sense with context. And like, it almost needs that supplement, like this kind of humor. And I don't know if you have seen it or agree, disagree. I have not, but that would not surprise me because, I mean, it's basically a novelty song, which I don't mean in necessarily a critical way. There are some great novelty songs. There are Mm -hmm. some bad novelty ones. This one doesn't really fall into either camp for me. Uh, We were talking earlier, like, I I wish it wasn't Chris Brown. (laughs) I really wish it wasn't. I'm uncomfortable with the fact that he is the the sort of center of the uh, fantasy or the desire um, that makes me uneasy given his past. Um, Which they reference in the song. Do I want to know what they say about that? No, he just says, I don't have to live in my controversial past, basically. Okay. Of Chris Brown inhabiting Lil Dicky. Okay, and I mean, that's another, a broader conversation, I suppose, but. Who would you be comfortable with being like the center of the fantasy? I woke up in, I don't know, Bruno Mars's body. Mars's doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could rewrite the song. I don't know. Like any, I, I don't know, Ed Sheeran's body. No, it's less cool. Because <laughs> the song is cool as it is? Yes, it uh, is. I keep like, oh my gosh, even when I'm alone, like doing chores in my apartment, I'll be like, I woke up in Okay, how about Yachty's? 
I woke up little in- Yachty's body. <laughs> you get the Yachty body. body. I don't know. Maybe. Regardless, <laughs> we'll we'll think have a better think about. Yeah, this, this is your this is your this is your bag. The whole collaboration A and R thing. So. I'm cool with but it. I guess as yeah. it is, which right. is why I'm struggling. But that's all I got on the UK side. I'm really happy with it, and it was a fun little exercise this week that I had. So Tanner. Take us away. All right. Far, far away from Freaky Friday. <laughs> First stop on our journey takes us back to country. Um, you know, past weeks, especially in the U.S., I've seen a lot of really high-profile hip-hop releases. And since I most emphatically do not want to talk about Tentacion any more than I have to, mm. um, we're going to talk about Luke Combs. Combs is a country artist from Asheville, North Carolina, about five hours away from here so not super far uh last year last june he released his debut album uh that was titled this one's for you uh that album hit number one. Oh, you have a look on your face i was in Asheville, north carolina june of last <laughs> year when he released this album the stars are aligning so then we'll definitely have to get your thoughts on it once we uh, play the clip. But first, uh, got to talk about that chart position. Mm-hmm. Got to work those numbers in. Uh, the album hit number one on the country albums chart and number five on the overall Billboard 200 uh, was certified gold. Uh, there are two other singles from this album. Uh, there was Hurricane, which came out two years ago, actually, back in 2016. Went double platinum, uh, peaked at number 31 on the Hot 100, and the follow-up uh, was titled When It Rains, It Pours. Oh, that's a good song. Uh, that came out last year, went gold, um, did also peak within the top 40 of the Hot 100, and also hit number one on the country charts. So in all in all senses of the word, a very successful album with very successful singles. Uh, I don't really anticipate this third single being any different. Uh, along with its debut at number 84 in the Hot 100, uh, it debuted at number 11 on the country chart, already in the top 20, and I have to imagine it's basically assured to climb at least a little bit higher. Um, might not hit number one because that uh, B.B. Rex and Florida Georgia Line song refuses to go away. Mm. If that song hits number one, I'm going to cry. But <laughs> we're not talking about that. We're talking about a much better song. Right before I play the clip, I just want to prime you with one thing to pay attention for. Pay attention to the guitars in the verse mm, of this clip. Uh, about it's, guitars this week, too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, pretty, pretty central to what I want to say and uh, part of what I really appreciate about the song. So once again, uh, this is Luke Combs with his new song, One Number Away. Are you sitting at home all alone trying to fall asleep? Are you staring a hole through your phone, praying that it rains? Are you watching a movie that you've seen a thousand times? Or maybe playing some air, getting lost in your favorite lines? Well, if you're anything like me, you just might be doing whatever it takes to drown out the noise. But I just want to hear I'm one number away from calling you I said I was through, but I'm dying Inside, got my head in a mess Girl, I confess, I lied when I said I'm leaving and not coming back Might be the whiskey or the midnight rain But everywhere I go, I see your face In my brain, dialing up everything I want to say But I'm still one number away Okay, so on the topic of those guitars in the verse 
I love how clickety clackety they sound. Mm. That's the word that keeps coming to mind, which apparently <laughs> you are super into. Um, I'm thinking particularly at the end of the phrases in the verse, there's that three note descent down the minor third, the doom, doom, doom. You can like hear the string kind of rattle. There's this very tactile sound to it that I'm way into. And I feel like it fits the song really well because these verses are kind of bleak yeah. sonically. Um, it's, it's, an, it's not a, uh, a cheery verse mm. and that makes sense given the fact that lyrically the song is about, you know, I broke up with you, but I was wrong. We need to get back together. So there's that sense of desperation mm -hmm. and the details continue. There are more reasons why I think the song is really cool. Once you hit the pre-chorus, you might have to go back and listen to it again, but once you hit the pre-chorus, you have the bass that enters mm -hmm. and the bass is for the most part with a couple with like a couple small exceptions is mostly playing off beats ah. which is a cool kind of propulsive uh, a, a way of building momentum towards the chorus that i feel like is subtle and perhaps a little unexpected sure. which i'm into and then once you get to the chorus on one hand you know you get your romantic resolution because he's only one number away you can get back together it'll be it'll be good Love. but there's something to the vocal phrasings that continues to kind of build a little bit of that tension for me at least. So you have the first half of the chorus is kind of built around a very familiar country pattern where you, that sort of rhythm and sort of general melodic contour is very familiar in a lot of country songs. At least for me, when I hear that, I expect him to do it twice. Mm. And then when it comes to the third phrase, I expect him to kind of land more squarely on the beat okay. and kind of have the second melodic idea. Okay. So it kind of splits the chorus neatly in two halves, but he doesn't do that. Mm. He does it twice and then he does it a third time. Huh? And that kind of unmoors, at least for me, sort of the rhythmic expectations I have of how he's going to sing the chorus in a way that I find really compelling and makes me want to listen to the song again. Because ah. he still brings it all back in the end and it doesn't like completely go to pieces, but the fact that he does it three times, an odd number of times and sort of unevenly divides the chorus. Yeah, like interrupting that duplet thing that's in country. It's yeah. really cool. It's really cool. Um, I'm way into that. Um, and of course, you, I, it's no secret that I like lower voices. Uh, I'm a fan of Combs' voice, especially because it has kind of like a blown out quality to it. There's not a whole lot of presence. Like like I know sometime last year we talked about Kane Brown, who has a much boomier voice with a lot more presence. And mm. Combs is... is kind of the polar opposite of that in a way that a i really like and b again especially on the verses fits really well yeah um i'm into the song i don't know if you have any further thoughts yeah i do and i'm researching a little bit this semester about country music for the first time and i'm finding this character of the gentleman the country gentleman let's say yes very compelling and how this song is really soft and squishy and everything around it is so masculine. Like you have this blown out voice, like you said, mm. this kind of really deep and manly voice. And then you have this rattly guitar sound mm -hmm. of, I don't know, I think that for me lends it a little bit of country authenticity, if I may use maybe an overused term. And just... The, these two competing notions, I think, of like the soft and squishy, like he's letting us see, you know, how he feels about this girl. But it's also kind of there's this shell around it of masculine mm. sounding instrumental and vocal tone. 
And I just find those things really kind of cool to think about. The like rough and ragged guy with a heart of gold yeah, deep down. Yeah, exactly. With yeah. like this this moral compass and like he's he's just letting the girl know that he still loves her and all you have to do is call me. You know, like it's a really not pushy type of approach, I guess, to a relationship that we don't see in, I would say, majority of rap that we don't see in a majority of pop music. It's mm. all very like in your face and kind of all about and in and around the relationship but he's kind of putting himself at a distance a little bit a little more deferential yeah mm. and there's something about that that i find attractive uh just i guess conceptual wise mm. yeah. in a song yeah yeah um last night i was listening to the new scotty mccreary album oh. um i'm blanking on the name of the album seasons change i think i think that's what it's called in any case that it, it's another country artist who occupies kind of a similar sort of space um he won american idol a couple of years ago oh did he okay he was my family's favorite oh my god he's pretty good he is such a gem wow (laughs) like so sweet another country gentleman another country gentleman excellent yes well we're going to move to gentlemen of a different sort uh more from the extremely foreign world to me at least of musical theater oh We're going to be talking about Found Tonight. Uh, This is a charity single by Lin-Manuel Miranda and Ben Platt. Uh, This is a charity single for the recent March for Our Lives Against Gun Violence. And this is a mashup of two songs, one from each of the musicals that uh, the two artists in question are perhaps best known for. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, most people probably know him, uh, creator of the smash hit musical Hamilton, it won 11 Tonys, including Best Musical. And the song that he's bringing in from that production is called The Story of Tonight, which is how you get tonight in the Founded Tonight title. Uh, interesting to note, this is actually uh, Miranda's second charity single of recent note. Uh, last year, he spearheaded the song Almost Like Praying, uh, which was in support of Puerto Rico's recovery from Hurricane Maria. And then on the other hand, you have Ben Platt, who is the star of the musical Dear Evan Hansen, which I had never heard of, but Caitlin, you were saying was a big deal. Yes, uh, a few of my students uh, wrote papers last semester about Dear Evan Hansen, and that's kind of how I was introduced to Uh it. It's about an outcast kid, and then I guess he finally has Finds his place. Yeah. Sounds like a musical. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean... Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, every genre has its tropes. Yeah, sure, yeah. and for what it's worth, Platt won a Tony for Best Actor for his performance in that as well. Um, non-musical goers uh, might also recognize him as Benji in the Pitch Perfect films. Love it. Uh, which I've also not seen. Oh, so my I'm, gosh. I'm 0 for 3 here. I've not seen any of these. Oh, um, she's calls for a movie night. Mm, yes. We'll see. Yes. <laughs> and the, uh, the, the song that Platt brings from Dear Evan Hansen is called You Will Be Found. And when you mash those two together, it sounds like this. Tomorrow there'll be more of us Telling the story of tonight Out of the shadows The morning is breaking And all is new new. It's only a matter of time Even when the dark comes crashing through When you need a friend to carry you when you're broken on the ground, you will be found. So let the sun come streaming in, cause 
Cause you'll reach up and you'll rise again If you only look around You will be found And when our children tell their story You will be found They'll tell the story of tonight Okay, so not only have I not seen either of these musicals, I kind of actively dislike a lot of musicals. Mm. It's not my thing. I tend to associate musicals with big and blustery and showy and just too overbearing. And somehow I find myself really liking this song. It's a little similar in my mind, not not so much in terms of sound, but my response to it is a little similar to the George Ezra song that we talked about last week. Um, I was talking about how I feel like when that George Ezra song hits its its peak mm. with all the strings crescendoing and everything, I feel like it earned it because it didn't just jump to that. There was there was a build, there was a sense of progression. And similarly, the song does that. Huh. It builds, you know, you've got some, a couple strings in the studio. You can watch the video and see them all there. Um, it builds, it builds, and then you have them belting, the singers and everything is big. And that peak is especially impactful because then it cuts to just that gentle piano. The vocals bring it back down a little bit as opposed to my most likely inaccurate conception of musicals as being just a group of people standing on stage and singing as loudly as possible at all times. Uh, You have a look on your face. I do have a look on my face and that is because I don't, I haven't done a lot of musical theater. However, my family is a huge fan of Broadway musical theater. I've probably seen like 20 or 30 shows over the course of my short life thus far. And I most recently saw uh, The Great Comet, I think it was Hmm. called, and Josh Groban was in that. And it was a debut role for, I forget her name, but she was a very young, I think she was 20 years old, and she had such it, her voice was like a crystal ball. It mm. was so, it felt like it would shatter. It was not really deep, that huge musical theater voice. She was miked because of it. And her voice was just so sweet and subtle and dainty. And huh. I feel like why I don't like musical theater is because of musical theater personalities. Because <laughs> of like the people in them and their parents and how like, how overbearing they are, but I love shows and like rehearsals, the music. (laughs) I, for the longest time, my dream was to be a pit musician uh, like on Broadway. That's cool. Yeah, but that's an aside. (laughs) No, I mean, on the topic of vocalists, I find a lot to like in in both uh, Miranda and Platt. Uh, Miranda has this, grainy's not the right word, but there's a very conversational tone Mm -hmm. to his voice. Um, It feels, the sort of timbre of it feels more spoken than sung to me even though he's clearly singing and there's something i really appreciate about that um and then on the other hand you have platt who i guess i would venture to say has a more traditional musical theater voice and he's doing the more high flying kind of yearning belting and again we talk about contrast on this podcast a lot that's a really good contrast um and for those of you that uh enjoy hearing platt's high flying vocalizing apparently he's working on a solo album of uh, original material signed with atlantic last year and uh is working on that so stay tuned there uh but in the meantime caitlin would you like to do the honors and introduce our pick of the week absolutely so our pick of the week this week is from the uk charts and it's done for me charlie puth featuring kaylani so charlie puth 
one of my favorite pop artists right now and i hesitate to say that because i also have like a crush on him like kind of (laughs) artist crush and i'll admit it because like i'm really impressed with his musicality uh kehlani is obviously also a huge favorite on this podcast um i think i'm gonna play a little bit of the clip for you you thinking you think that you could be better off with somebody new no oh, oh, baby no you say you're leaving well if you wanna leave there ain't nobody stopping you no oh, oh, baby no i won't beg for your love won't say please i won't fall to the ground on my knees you know i've given this things charlie puth i wasn't a fan of until i listened to the podcast and the writer is this is a podcast that interviews very prominent songwriters in the music industry and it's just a bunch of songwriters that get together and talk it's a weekly podcast they do they have a lot of series out it's pretty fascinating and charlie puth talked about kind of from basically birth how he was so gifted musically in not a pretentious way Mm -hmm. he was in churches a lot played in church and just knows everything by ear he can sing just like okay this is a b minor seven chord and just sing all of the notes out like Uh. that he's that kind of person which i find i'm so jealous of that ability uh he does a lot of recordings and riffs on his phone and keeps them i guess that was one of the major points he talked about of like use your phones and if you have an idea Dude, I never have ideas like that. Oh, just like record it. Exactly. Record it and work on it later. In this song and in a lot of his songs, uh, we actually gave a talk to the pop music class at UVA Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago, and I talked a little bit about Charlie Puth in Attention and how he just has this falsetto, and he has not jumped off that train yet with his recent single, How Long, with this song. He spends a lot of time in his upper register, and yep. it's really vulnerable. Just tell me what you da, da, da. It's really airy, right? And there's something about that that I think is trying to be romantic, like having a, I don't know, vulnerability. Yeah. But similarly, I think Kehlani really shines here, too. Her voice next to Puth's is kind of, I will use the word pubescent, like they do sound like kids to me, which is fine. I like it a lot, and I love Kehlani's voice. Uh, Tanner, do you have anything to add? I mean, I'm thinking about the voice thing and I'm thinking about how, once again, I'm obsessed with the harmonies on this. Mm. When those come in, there's just such a richness to them. And of course, that's it's, it's, uh, sort of accentuated by the, uh, the production. Right. Which again, another sort of funk throwback. Those strings almost make it disco-y too. A little. Uh, it's just. It's just really interesting to note. Like I'm thinking, how much longer <laughs> can he keep on this train? Yeah. And still have it work? Because yeah. I definitely think that it still works. I think how long was really good. Um, I'm bummed that it didn't even make top twenty. That mm. was a disappointment for me, and makes me wonder if the public is starting to kind of tire of 
Puth putting out songs in this vein. So it'll be interesting to see how well this does on the charts. But like, man, mm, it just sounds so good. Yeah. There is a, a, again, I know I talk about things that envelop you as a listener mm-hmm. way too much. But again, I get that so much from the song. And I think it's A, the falsetto, but also B, the falsetto complemented by those harmonies. Yeah. And also the bass in this song in particular that Oof, keeps everything so really grounded. Good. But I mean, you also had that in attention. You know, yeah. that was that was a key to why I loved attention so much is it strips everything back in the chorus to that really chunky bass. Yeah. Um, so I don't now now that Puth is someone who I act actively like as opposed to his early stuff like See You Again or heaven forbid uh, Marvin Gaye. Uh. Which Megan Trainer were dreadful songs, both of them. Like now that he's good, <laughs> oh my god! I know I'm being I'm being slightly glib, but like I, I I don't want him to blow it. Well, you bring up an interesting point because Charlie Puth. I don't think a lot of people would believe this, but he's 26 years old. Right. So I think he's going to hit a turning point in his career where either he's going to shift markets and target audience, yeah. and change maybe the lyrical content and also arrangements of his output. And I think also it's worth noting that he was a, uh, or he was aiming to be a jazz musician. He Mm. really wanted to, I guess, break into that vein and especially jazz piano. And then he realized he wanted to make money and was like, I have this gift, let's do it. So uh, it's an interesting balance between kind of what you want your music to be and what the what your audience wants totally and i think he's gonna he's gonna face that probably soon soon i didn't realize he was that old but um Mm -hmm. i'm optimistic definitely my last point about this song oh yeah i'm gonna go musicology on this again do it so you may have found this song strikingly familiar sounding very very so i'm gonna play you a clip and you'll probably hear what i mean So that was How Long, Charlie Puth. Tanner mentioned this a little earlier. That vocal riff is from the same... So so the vocal riff that you heard in Done For Me is literally recycled, two notes chopped off at the end. The riffs are also... They share notes that are either enharmonic equivalents, so that's fancy speak for C sharp is the same as D flat, right? So they either have enharmonic equivalents or they're one half step away from each other. So in Done For Me, we have this B minor triad with a little suspended second in there, which is a C sharp. And in How Long, we have the same kind of idea. So we have a D flat major triad with another suspended second. And I'm thinking this is Charlie Puth's thing. You have this half step, and it creates this really interesting harmonic tension in the song. And when he finally lands on the Mm. tonic or lands home, you're like, ooh, it kind of gives you a relief. And then he does it again, right? And it's this... I I think the suspended second is something that's probably really important to him and is kind of like his sound. His signature. And it reminds me when we were talking about that Bazi song. Yeah. Sort of putting off the tonic as much as you can and then and doing that with an eye towards 
making that really hit home when you finally land there. Exactly. And geez, just recycling and reusing like a pro, like Charlie Puth is a wizard and I'm loving this song. And that's why it's our pick of the week. Yay. Yay. And with that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Chart Chat, where we do a lot for you. If you'd like to listen to all of this past week's chart debuts, you can find YouTube and Spotify playlists in the show notes. And if you have any questions, feedback, or corrections, you can get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're interested in following us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at chartchat and on Instagram also at chartchat. Also, also, if you're feeling so generous, which we hope that you do if you're listening uh, to us and you've listened this far, please rate and review us iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your audio content, we could very much use the uh, exposure that ratings and reviews allow us. We want new listeners. We want to hear what you think. Chart Chat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly, and our cover art was made by Billy Phillips, both from Coronation Media. Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. Chart Chat is also a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner. And I'm Caitlin. And we will catch you next week. Feed feed yourself with my life's work. How many likes is my life worth?